0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Western Heights Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. We exist to exalt Christ, equip the church, and engage the community. For more info, visit whbcwaco.org. As I, uh, as I was working through this series of sermons on the Beatitudes of Jesus, we entitled it in pursuit of the elusive butterfly. And we discovered that this pursuit of happiness that we have in our life is like that butterfly that we just, we just cannot catch it. Just when you think you have it, uh, we, we think uh, it gets away from us. And so Jesus tells us that happiness can be found, but it's not necessarily in, in possessions. It's not really necessary in what you have, but it's really in being something different. It's in being something unique, and he's talking about character. It's a happiness that's found by having a certain character in your life. And the fact of the matter is that, that Jesus says if you're going to follow him, you're going to be different in the world. When you choose to follow Jesus, you're going to be different. You're not going to act like everyone else. And Jesus teaches us in the Beatitudes that this happiness that we can be found defies all human logic. Because it looks different than what the world tells us. And today we're going, to co- we're going to conclude our series on the Beatitudes under that heading, In Pursuit of the Elusive Butterfly. And we'll look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. And, and I trust that you have your Bibles with you. As you know, I'm always going to have you underlining or, or making some highlights because I want to bring these truths out to you. So we'll look at Matthew 5, 10 to 12 under the heading, Finding Happiness in Being Different. Uh, these are tough words to hear uh, because it's difficult to know exactly what Jesus is saying in in, in this passage. Uh, Jesus is telling us that you're going to be different, but we don't want to be different. He's telling us that, that you're going to go through this and you're going to be hurt, but we don't like that. Uh, we thought that being a Christian was supposed to help us, not hinder us. We thought it was supposed to be uh, be an aid to our life not something that's going to throw us make us odd make us different but jesus said if you follow him you're going to be different and let's be honest we don't want to be different Uh, we don't want to to uh, have people get upset we want to get along with everyone we want people to get along with us Uh, we get irritated with our kids or at least i did uh, when my kids were growing up and say, Daddy, Daddy, we need the latest phone. We need the newest iPhone. If I don't get it, Daddy, I'll be the only one in class who won't have it. Or they say, If I don't get a certain set of tennis shoes, I'll be the only kid in school that doesn't have those tennis shoes. And of course, we would pop off and say, Well, if everybody else went and played on the highway, would you do it too? But the fact of the matter is, we do the same thing in our own lives. We don't want to be different. We want to go with the crowd. We want, we want to fit in. We don't want people looking at us in weird ways. We conform just as readily to the characteristics of our peer group as our children and young people do today. We just want to go with the flow. I remember when I was a teenager, I was asked to run the mile relay for our, our school in this particular event. And me and three guys, we joined together to run this relay, and uh, we were pretty good. We weren't great, but we were pretty good. And I remember my coach telling me, I think I ran the second leg, he said, run your race. Run your race. And so I I intended on running my race. But as I uh, began running my race, the guys behind me got out to a quicker start than I did. So I began to speed up to catch up with them and to stay in in the same pace that they did. I was running their race instead of running my race. I wish I could tell you that I kept up, but I didn't because I exhausted all my energy at the beginning and I did not have the energy or the stamina to run the race at the end. We all do that in our own life. It's hard to run your own race because we look at the people around us, we see what they're doing, and we want to go with the flow. Uh, We want to be with them because we don't want to be different we want to fit in, we want to be liked, we want to be accepted by our peers and by our friends and by our associates. So what do we do? We go with the flow, not wanting to to make waves and not being classified as being odd or being different. So we just go through the motions. So how do we understand these words of Jesus when he says that if we're going to follow him, we're going to be different. And when you're, you're different, you're going to be persecuted he says that we will be painfully rejected will be painfully persecuted and none of us want that we don't want to experience that in our life so we hear jesus say these words He saying if you're going to follow me you're going to be different we say you know jesus thanks for the advice but i think i can live without this one i think i can bypass this one i don't think that's what i want to do with my life but if we want to live like jesus and we want to be disciples of of Jesus Christ, then Jesus tells us that we have no alternative. If we're going to be his disciple, we have to be different. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to be persecuted. And the Bible warns us several times in the New Testament. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.12, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus Will be persecuted. So Paul says if you're going to be like Jesus, if you're going to be like Christ, you're going to be persecuted because you're different. You do not fit the mold that the world is trying to force you to fit into. One individual said it this way You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you odd. T.S. Eliot said it this way In a world full of fugitives, the person taking the opposite direction will appear to run away that's what we are we're running away from what the world says and instead we're embracing what Jesus says and it's not very popular matter of fact Jesus said it's going to get you in trouble it's going to cause difficulties in your life and all we gotta do is look at the pages of the New Testament the early Christians understood this the early believers understood the cost of following Jesus many of them lost their employment some of them lost their, their social standing in life. Some of them lost their lives. They understood the cost. In fact, Jesus told them, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross and follow me. And you better believe that when the early disciples heard this idea of taking up the cross, they knew what that meant. They knew the cross was an instrument of punishment. They knew the cross was an instrument of suffering. And they knew that if they were going to follow Jesus and take up the cross, that they were going to be punished. They would suffer for the cause of Christ. And many of them did. They gave up their life to follow Jesus. Persecution still exists today. In, in many countries around the world, uh, in some, uh, under, uh, you know, they face the normal consequences of following Jesus. Some of them uh, have been renounced by their families. Some of them have lost their, all their possessions. Some have been put in jail. And many have lost their lives because they stood up for the cause of Christ. So persecution is still a valid part of being a Christian in many parts of the world. And though the difficulties of being a Christian here in America or in North America may not be as, as difficult, they're still real. As a matter of fact, may I submit to you that following Jesus in America, even though the persecution may not be as obvious, it creates a greater problem for you and I. It creates a problem because we fail to see the difference between what the world says and what Jesus says. And we know that God's kingdom is diametrically opposed to the kingdom of the world. You can't love the world and you cannot love the kingdom of God at the same time. But what we try to do, we try to harmonize it. We try to blend it in and we we run with what the world says trying to blend it in with what God says. But God says if you're going to live for me, it's completely different than what the world says. And we see this by just looking at the Beatitudes and what Jesus said. Jesus says happiness is found in a different set of values, in a different set of characteristics than the, what the world says. It's found in the most unlikely places. It's found in the un, unusual places. But you can find happiness, but it's by an entirely different values than what the world says is important. And so we, we look at this and we say, this is impossible. There's no way we can, can do this. Jesus says that if you are going to follow him, you're going to be different. And the fact of the matter is, people persecute those who are different, those who are odd. But I think there's good news in being different. I I don't want to leave you all melancholy and, and broken down and disheartened by this, because there is some good news. Because the thing you're going to discover in being different, it clarifies your true loyalty. The fact of the matter is, until you put it to the test, everything is theoretical. Until you actually put your faith in action, it's just a theory, and it's not really in concrete. It doesn't really work. I want you to notice some things in this passage that Jesus says. He says, make sure that if you're being persecuted, that it's because of righteousness. You might want to underline that. He says, because of righteousness righteousness he says oh how happy are those who are persecuted because of righteousness he goes down later in verse 11 he says if people insult you if people persecute you if people say false things about you make sure they're doing it because of me so jesus is telling us He said, if you're being persecuted If you're being accused, make sure it's for the right reason. Not because you're an idiot, not because you've made some stupid decision, not because you make a boneheaded decision, but because you're doing it for the cause of Christ. He says, if you're doing it for righteousness, and you're doing it for my name's sake, it's okay. That's a good reason to be persecuted. You see, you can talk all you want about being a follower of Jesus. You can talk all you want about loving your neighbor. You can talk all you want about being gung-ho and excited about Jesus. But until you put your words into action, they are just words. They're just words. And can we be honest in America today? It's easy to talk about being a Christian. It's much harder to live the life of a Christian. It's easy to talk about it. But it's difficult to live it out. So when you're persecuted... When you're going through difficult times of suffering, Jesus says it clarifies where you stand in the kingdom of God. It tr- reveals your true loyalty. Uh, the story is told of William Borden, who was the heir to the, the Borden uh, uh, dairy factory, whatever it was, uh, all the Borden foods. He was an heir to that. His name was William Borden. And he decided early on that God's will for his life was to surrender his life to him and go and tell people about Jesus Christ. So he surrendered his life to to go to a foreign field and be a missionary to unreached peoples. And it wasn't long after he arrived on the field that he got sick and he died. He gave up his vast fortune, decided not to be a salesperson or a businessman, and instead gave his life for the cause of Christ. When his family got his Bible back, they opened up his Bible. In his Bible, they found these words written in his hand. No reservations, no retreats, no regrets. No reservations, no retreats, no regrets. Now some people would look at what William Borden did and said he was foolish. But he looked at things a little bit differently. And we as Christians would look at what William Borden did and we'd congratulate him because he found true happiness. He found that true happiness is found in being different and suffering for the cause of Christ he clarified his true loyalty by the way he lived and by the way he died now look god may not ask you to give up a fortune he may not ask you to do anything out of the ordinary but your faithful service to him in the midst of suffering in the midst of difficulty is clarifies your loyalty to him and jesus says oh how happy are those whose loyalties are clarified and who served the king of kings with unwavering courage in the face of opposition. So first, being different clarifies your true loyalty. Second, being different, you will be in the best of company. In verse 12, Jesus says, because you're different, because you're being persecuted, you are like the prophets before you. Uh, The prophets of the Old Testament, they were persecuted. Uh, Many of them died for the cause of faith. Many of them were suffered for their faithfulness he says you'll be like the you'll be like the the prophets of old but not only will you be like the prophets of old and be in their company you're also going to be able to experience a presence in your life the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come alongside you the presence of God will come alongside you during this time and there's an Old Testament story that reveals this truth in a very real way there were three Hebrew young men who refused to bow down to the king, bow down to the statue that the king had created that all people are supposed to worship him. So he refused to bow down to it, or they refused to bow down to it. And when the king heard about this and they still refused to bow down, he said, I'm gonna throw you in the fiery furnace. And then he turns the furnace up seven times hotter than it originally was. It became so hot that the people that would throw people in the fire were consumed by the fire before they were even in the fire. So he cast these three Hebrew men, young men, into the fiery furnace. And then as the king was looking at the furnace, and he saw three men walking in the furnace, but then he saw a fourth presence in the fire. And God had came and walked amongst them through this fiery ordeal. And they discovered that in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the persecution, that God walked with them. Let me tell you something, my dear friends. When you're going through the fiery ordeal of your life, whatever that may be, whatever persecution, whatever suffering, whatever hardship you may be facing, God will walk with you. You'll experience His presence in a real and a present way, and He will give you the strength to go through that. The very one who entered into Jerusalem on a donkey, amidst a chorus of praise and people shouting, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, God save us. The very one that entered into Jerusalem triumphantly, but limped out of Jerusalem with a cross and gave his life for you and gave his life for me. He was persecuted for righteousness' sake. He will walk with you. He will be with you through it all. He was at odds with the religious establishment. He was at odds with the political regime. He was at odds with the way of the world. But let me tell you something. He will not be at odds with you. And when you go through that time of difficulty, and you go through that time of suffering, and you go through that time of persecution, Jesus will be with you. The very one who suffered on your behalf will be with you through it all. How happy are those who know the life-sustaining presence of Jesus when the flames of persecution leap all around them. There's one more truth. He says, by being different, you will receive a great reward. Look at what he says in this passage. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven we don't talk a lot about heaven here in 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 our preaching in our churches maybe it's because we don't want to be so heavily minded that we're no earthly good or maybe we don't want to use the reward factor as a way to get people committed to sacrificial service for whatever reason we just don't do it but the bible doesn't share that God's word doesn't share our view. it talks about heaven. it talks about the life after this life and the fact of the matter is we always get through hard times knowing there is something better knowing there's something beyond this. I know that I endured a lot of study and hardship knowing there was a degree at the end. Uh, some of you have worked a lot of hours in overtime and overtime and and given your 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 extra time for your Work knowing that there's going to be a bonus or a promotion at the end. The fact of the matter is, we will endure a lot of things knowing that there's a reward at the end. And Jesus is telling us the same thing. When you're going through suffering, when you're experiencing hardship, when you're being persecuted, there is a reward for you at the end. This is not the end. What we see going on in the world around us today, this is not the end of life. There is something. And this idea that there's a reward, it strengthens us. It gives us courage and it revives our daily obedience and it strengthens us for the long haul because we know there's something at the end. Now listen, you may have to endure many trials. You may be going through them right now. This coronavirus may be shaking your faith. You may be worried about, where's my next source of uh, income gonna come from? Maybe you're, you're unemployed. Maybe you're experiencing a, a, a crunch uh, in your finance, you're worried. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're worried about this sickness. And, and you say, what it is? But let me tell you something. There's, this is not the end. There is something beyond this. You're enduring trials, and you're probably going to have to endure more. But Jesus comes to us through his word and through, his, through this beatitude. And he says, be happy. Be happy because great is your reward in heaven. We have a reward waiting for us. He says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. I remember hearing the story about a missionary couple who devoted their entire life to preaching the gospel in Africa. And they retired and they were coming back and they were penniless, they broke, they had had no source of uh, retirement income whatsoever just what they will be able to save uh, on their own. And they were on their way back on a cruise liner with uh, President Theodore Roosevelt. So you can tell this is a dated illustration. They were on their way with Theodore Roosevelt as they landed in the New York Harbor. There was great fanfare on the uh, on the dock. A band was playing and people were excited to see this this great president who had been on a hunting safari and he was coming back with all his dignitaries and, and there was press waiting on the, on the dock to interview him and interview everybody with him. They were making a big deal about it. And this missionary couple, the husband looked at that and he says, this isn't right. This man goes on a hunting expedition and people are here to give him a, a hero's welcome. We spent our entire life in the jungles of Africa and nobody's here to greet us. They don't care anything about us. So the, the band continues to play. And, and this missionary couple sneaks off the boat. And they make their way out. And he's upset. And he's bitter about it. They find themselves in a, in a hotel they rented on the east side of New York. And the husband's mad at God. And he says, I, I'm mad at God. I don't understand this. Why should we have done this? when there's no reward for us here. And so his wife told him, says, I think you need to go in the bedroom and, and get this right with God. So he goes in his bedroom and he prays. And he comes back out and his whole disposition on his face has changed. And his, his wife asked him, what happened? She says, well, God settled it for me. I told God I was mad. I told him I was upset. I told him I was angry with him. He said, and as I expressed my anger to him, And at the end of my prayer, it's like God reached down and put a hand on my shoulder. And he said, but you're not home yet. You're not home yet. And here's the truth for you and me, my dear friends. We may experience suffering. We may experience persecution in this life in which we live. But we're not home. Our reward may not be on this side of eternity. It may be on the other side of eternity. And Jesus comes to us and he says, Oh, how happy are those who are different from the world. They are on their way home, and great will be their reward. Sometimes life can be difficult, sometimes life can be unbearable. Sometimes you don't know why you've been dealt this card, this, this deck that you have maybe you feel like your deck is full of jokers and you don't understand why it's happening the way it is maybe what you're going through is more than you anticipated maybe the difficulty is is overwhelming and it's hard on your life it's hard on your family can i tell you something it's easy to let go of your faith during that time It's easy to turn your back on God and just go the way of the world. It'll be easier on you. there will be less suffering, less persecution, less disharmony in your life. But if you will stay true to Jesus and you will stay true to the cause that He has placed on your life, in the end, you will receive your reward. In the end, you will be blessed. This is why Jesus says, Oh, how happy are you if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Oh, how happy are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say all manner of false things against you on account of me, on account of him. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Do you have that confidence? Do you have that hope? In your own life. The world may ridicule. The world may scoff. The world may persecute you. But Jesus says great is your reward in heaven. Do you have that assurance in your life? Do you have the assurance that Jesus is with you every step of the way? In a moment we're going to close out our our portion of this service. But we want to make a plea to you right where you're sitting. Maybe you're listening to us far away. Maybe for the first time, you just came across this this, uh, live stream and you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe this fear of the coronavirus is gripping you and you want to know that there's hope beyond this. I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you and that Jesus Christ paid the price that you could never pay so that you might have life and have it abundantly. The Bible says. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him. Will not perish. But have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world. To condemn the world. But that the world through him. Might be saved. I want you to know that God wants to save you from your sins. He wants to save you from your, uh, your suffering. And from your hardships. All you have to do. Is admit that you are a sinner. Being a sinner means that you've missed the mark of God's plan for your life. You've decided you, you know better than what God knows. And so you have chose to live your way instead of live God's way. But God says if you would admit that you're a sinner, that you've missed the mark, missed a, told him that you've decided you, don't wanted to, you didn't want to follow him, but now you do, admit that you're a sinner, and that you will believe in Jesus Christ that he paid the price for your sins. The Bible says you will believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you will confess him as Lord and that God raised the dead. You will be saved. You can do that today. Admit that you're a sinner, believe in Jesus Christ, and commit your life to Christ. Commit. Give your life to him and say, now that he's bought you, now that he's purchased you, now that he has saved you from the sin that you've committed, You'll live your life for him. And listen, I know what people say. Well, Jesus died a long time ago, but the Bible says that every sin ever committed, Jesus died for. Did you know that every sin you've ever committed and you ever will commit was in the future when Jesus died on the cross and he died for all your sins? I don't care how bad you are. I don't care what you've done. Jesus Christ can forgive you. And when you accept him as Lord and Savior, guess what? Blessed are you. Oh, how happy are you because you have found the life-sustaining presence of Jesus Christ in your life.